Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Oh. What's going on, everybody? Thanks a lot for coming back for another episode of Doctor Homebrew. We have some canned beer today, and I love getting canned beer. It's like um. I don't know, seeing kids play with toys on Christmas morning. <laughs> it's like it's such, a, it's such a new technology <laughs> that it's just like, oh, this is really nice. It's sort of heartwarming in a way to be like, oh, things are still moving forward in the beer world. And, uh, you know, we finally get some some cool toys to play with. Well, unlike 20 years ago, it's what you expect beer to come in these days. So you get like a yeah. beer bottle of homebrew entry. It's like, oh, this feels so old fashioned now. It's like, oh, OK. Yeah, hey, it's just. It's a beer. In our next show, we're going to be drinking a, a hop water, and it came in like a, a big growl, 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 <laughs> uh, a grolsch bottle. It was only one of them. And I was like, oh, well, I can't split this. But also, this is a lot. There's a lot of liquid. And like, I'm, and it just maybe it's coming from more, the Morbier side, but it's like, I just see the cost in these. I mean, it's like a $3, $4 bottle. This man's never going to get back. I feel kind of bad. But cans. Well, I, I have faith in your ability to consume that entire bottle. Well, what? Ability, sure. Uh, desire, I don't know. I'll let you know when I taste it and let you guys know how it's going to go. But today we have Andrew on the show. Andrew, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, it's a pleasure. And you have sent us a 21C. Now, before I reciprocate the pleasure, what style is this? It's a uh, New England IPA. Oh, yeah. See, I don't, you know, I don't know. Even yeah. Yeah, Zoom <laughs> gave you a thumbs up for some reason. In New England style IPA, that's fine. You know, you know. We'll, we'll try it. We'll see what happens. Otherwise known as hazy IPA in the guidelines. But yeah, that is notated in there too. As also, AKA. Is that like a any, Cascadian dark versus black IPA thing? Yeah. Oh, what name any pisses IPA. people off the most? And that's what I'm going to use. How about a hazy Cascadian dark? Um, foggy IPA. That's the worst. Foggy <laughs> IPA. Yes, I like that. We had a guy, I think it was Cloudburst Brewing. They came oh. up with... um. Fo- um yeah, fog wasn't it foggy? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was funny. I like mm, it. That's I fine. It. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Permit. Kelly Craft makes Carl the Fog, which is a hazy IPA. I've, I haven't I haven't drank it, but I've seen that Safeway. No, oh, Shark, can you uh, come up your volume? Oh, yeah. Let me see what I can do here. Please, thanks. There's um, also the opaque IPA. It's opaque and it's an IPA. I, don't I know. die. I hate. No, I know. That's terrible. See, that's, that's that's we can get awful. people to hate it. Yeah. That's How bad. about this? Is this better? Yeah, you're good. Thanks. Okay. I thought yeah, you were speaking I, I Greek gotta, to me. I for gotta a join I like, JP in the 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 thing of hating things. I hate Opekipa. That's I, I hate it. Yeah. It's bad. It's not, is is yeah. there someone actively calling it that? No, I just made it up. Oh, Some okay. of us, yeah, don't. Uh, and most of them aren't truly opaque anyway. So stop making things please. up. Yeah, please. I will stop. For the love of God, you're going to give someone a bad idea. Well, you know, Madonna kept me up until uh, two in the morning last night. So sorry. I'm really tired today. Yeah, My jokes to, are going to be bad. You went to Madonna. Well, first of all, going to be. 
Uh, they always have been. Um, you went Thank to you. a Madonna concert. I didn't. I mean, yeah. I I knew she was still out there doing her thing because there's that video going around where she's like wildly shaking her, you know, derriere and her overstuffed bodysuit, and she just looks like she's convulsing. Was yeah, it that she's... bad? Was it pretty bad? She's she's a powerhouse. She can really move around the stage still, and uh, she is fit for you know like. Not just for her age, like more fit than most people her sure. age, for sure. Yeah, she, she's a performer. And uh, the, her voice sounded good. The production was really something. So, yeah. <laughs> it existed. We were in the eighth row, and we felt they had the, like this massive ring of fire shoot up from this the round stage in wow. the back. And it was just so hot. You could feel it on your face. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine what the guys in the front felt like. So you were just way this, up there. Horny yeah, is what the, I imagine they felt. Yeah. Section 102 at Chase Center, eighth row. That nice. was pretty good seats. We splurged a little bit, but this was nice. full circle for my wife because she saw her on the Blonde Ambition Tour yeah, <laughs> way, way back when, 1990, I think. And uh, yeah, that, so. that would have been like the 80s, I think, for Blonde Ambition. It was, but it was my first time seeing her and, you know, she's kind of doing the hits and stuff. So I kind of liked that. Cool, man. It was, it was, you know, to experience that. Yeah. Level of a, a, a performer who's done it for you know four decades. Oh yeah, and yeah. kept kept it going. Hey, but uh, you know that's I'm, great. I just feel like uh, the videos that I've seen, she should have stopped like fifteen well, years ago. But God bless, yeah, you, you know what I mean. You know the, the videos can bring out the worst in people. Like just watch our videos and like zoom in on us when we're making a weird face, drinking a beer, and you'll find all kinds of reasons to hate <laughs> us too. I, mean, I, I try wrong. to convince my daughter. I've told you before. I try to convince my daughter that I'm a YouTuber. Because these videos are on YouTube, and she's almost seventeen, and she's always like, "No, Dad, you're no. not a YouTuber. You're not." Well, Just I, mean, I guess. No. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Andrew, let's get into your beer, man. Is this? Uh, are you a hazy IPA guy? I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. No it's, fault it's to your gonna, own. Yeah, it's got a permanent tap handle on the keyser, so I'm always working to improve it. So. That's fair. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Well, that's all right, man. Look, I like when people hone in on a style that they enjoy and, uh, you know, I don't have to love it, but, uh, it's much cooler if I did, you know what I mean? So this is something you've done before. We're trying to like, uh, help you perfect it a little bit. Yeah. This is my second iteration of this recipe and I've probably done like six to eight other ones. Nice. Okay, cool. Looking forward to it, man. It's, uh, Cracking the can sounded pretty, uh, pretty good, and it's uh, it's pretty well carbonated. So don't you know? Forgive the dirty glass. <laughs> Char, why don't you start us off with this beer, oh, please? Yeah, you start us off. Thank you so much. So uh, Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your beer. And you're calling from, you're coming in from Nantucket, I understand. Yeah. Yep. I'm on the East Coast. Is so this is definitely uh up my alley, New England. So yeah. Nice. I've never been to Nantucket. I've seen it on the map. I've been to Boston. I've been to Massachusetts. It's one of those places I've always wanted to go. What's it like living there? You've never been to Nantucket? Uh, That's wild. Because there's that limerick. There's that song about you. I know. There there was a man that went, and I was not that man. uh, Brian Shar was a man from Nantucket. That's that's always how I was taught it in school. (laughs) A brewer. Yeah. yeah. Andrew from Nantucket. Winters get a little long, but the uh, the summers is what keeps everyone coming back. So, yeah. Nice. Do you have a local homebrew store? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, no. I figured it's kind of an island. So, or is it? Is Nantucket an island, or is that Martha's Vineyard? No, uh, they're both. We're we're neighbors. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm not always great at geography. Are, are you in a homebrew club or can you sustain one on an island? No, I'm on a online, the, the brew club, homebrew okay. club. So that's it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah well, th- thank you for shipping this all this way. I mean, does, the, does it cost more to send things from Nantucket because you're on an island? Uh, not necessarily a little bit more, but it's just takes a little bit longer. Everything's a little delayed depending on yeah. weather especially this time of year. Yeah, I get that. So again, thank, thank you so much for going to all the trouble. I, I really enjoyed this beer. I'm um, coming back to it. So I judge this beer like I often do about an hour and a half, two hours before the show, because why would I plan or engage in something like that in my life? Well, I, I just usually have a lot of stuff happening. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll judge it two hours beforehand. Then I'll let it sit in my counter in the kitchen, unless it's middle of summer, which I don't, you don't want to do that. It's a hundred here in the summertime. Right now, it's it's nice. It's not going to get. It's just going to kind of open up and and get a little bit better. The uh, I enjoyed this beer a lot. The aroma going to the aroma part of the score sheet. Upon opening, there's a really high hop aroma. It just jumped out of the can. I didn't have the can near my face. It was this far away, and uh, I I still smelled tropical hop aroma. That was really amazing. I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, very high hop aroma. Sort of a juicy, fruity, tropical character. Uh, low malt aroma, but like in any IPA, whether it's hazy or or West Coast, uh, really hops are going to take center stage in the aroma as they should. I didn't get diacetyl, didn't get off aromas. I got kind of a little bit of a light cardboard as it warmed up. And I, I mentioned that about sitting on my counter because I like to let the beers for the show, I like to judge them and then come back to them later on, maybe an hour, two hours later after they've sat at room temperature. And sometimes, Good or bad features of the beer don't show up until it gets a little bit warmer. And this one, the the juice character is really interesting. It it really maintains, but there's a little bit of oxidation, a little bit of cardboard that I get uh, that gets a little bit more pronounced with that time. So 8 out of 12 for aroma. Appearance, 3 out of 3. It's hazy, as it should be. Uh, It's golden brown in color, uh, but sort of a light brown, uh, more toward that golden... uh, Part of the spectrum, I'd say. Large head persists a long time. I mean, you can't see it here, but it's, it's been sitting out for a while. I, I'll be curious to get to your recipe. The style guidelines crack me up because they specifically talk about how hazy IPA, the haze comes from hops and never from starch like oats or something like that. And as we all know, you know, most commercial brewers have got come, come around to using some form of oats in the mash for, uh, for a hazy IPA to get the haze. And the, the hops are just part of that. So that's nobody's laughing about my thinking that was funny, um, which is okay. You should be used to that by now. Yeah, well, I've been doing the show for long enough that I totally get that. Uh, yeah, appearance three out of three flavor. Uh, initially, the flavor is kind of is hops, lots of tropical hops, uh, medium malt and medium hop bitterness come up to balance the hop flavor mid palate, which is the first time I've ever written that sentence. <laughs> you, you usually you're, you're the hop bitterness is coming up to to balance the malt or something. But here, the hop flavor is so intense out of the gate that the malt and the bitterness both have to come up to have some interplay with with the balance here. What's interesting is the hop flavor, it's still, after being open for two hours, that hop flavor, that juiciness is still there. And there's a little bit of an almost orange juice character, not a a Tropicana, like a real orange juice character that's still in the background and still is like the backbone of this beer, which I really like. You know, it's 
not, I guess oranges or oranges, tropical fruit. I think they're considered citrus, but oranges don't grow in like a freaking coniferous forest in Alaska. Of course, they're tropical. Yeah, it's a weird categorization that orange might not be, but that orange is there. It's well attenuated. The finish is moderate length and balanced. Uh, I get a, I get some low cardboard uh, oxidation as it warms, uh, and it's what's interesting is the the hop flavor is still here. the The aroma does drop off with time, but that's yeah, that that's okay. I mean, it's it's anything sits open for a while. A lot of volatiles volatiles are going to come off of that. Uh, give it 12 out of, out of 20 for flavor. Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. It's creamy. No warming. Medium body. Medium carbonation. Nothing really wrong there. Uh, overall impression, I gave it a 7 for a total of 35, uh, which is in the very good range. I really like this beer. The um, the the hop flavor, what, what's, this is what's really fascinating. I opened up this beer, and the hop flavor kind of dropped off a few minutes afterwards. And I come back to it a couple hours later. And it hasn't. So I, I think I may have I may have had a little palate fatigue right out of the gate. That does happen. And it's all with really strongly flavored beer. And sometimes just the fact that it's still cool out of the fridge will will do that to your to your tongue. So I, I think it's an excellent, excellent beer. Uh there's a little bit of cardboard, which I suspect is oxidation that comes from the canning as opposed to bottling. But at a homebrew level, you know, I made a note to you know, consider packaging in bottles to reduce oxidation. Well, if you're going to enter a competition, they probably want bottles anyway, and you'll probably get better protection from oxidation in a bottle rather than a can in a competition context. But if it's something you're going to hand off to friends, something that's going to get drank right away, you know, the the can has more surface area, right? Instead of a, a bottle when you're filling it, it's a lot more surface area for oxygen to invade the beer. Uh, does it matter in the space of a week or two? Probably not. Uh, does it matter if you're sending it off to competition and it might be a month or two before it gets judged and it might sit in somewhere warm and the oxidation just gets worse? Yeah, in that context, you probably still want to think about bottles unless you're really confident in your canning process. But overall, I think this is a really well-made beer. And I really appreciate you shipping this like 3,000 miles from an island uh, in the Atlantic to to us for us to uh, to talk about. So thank you so much. And that literally is where Brian lives. That you know he's got the the bridge right behind him. He lives on that rock. So he's at the Pacific wow. here. You know, that's right. <laughs> he's about to jump off. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, he's got a right, Golden cool. Gate behind him there, as you can see. Yeah. If you're watching us on YouTube or whatever, right? Podcast. Sorry, you miss. Uh, oh, you don't miss much, honestly. But okay, yeah. Um, same beer, and I just opened the second can just for for fun too, because I, I usually I judge the uh, one can ahead of time, and I'll judge the second one the day of. But it was a busy week, Madonna, you know, all that. Anyway, you gotta have your priorities, and you, of course, Madonna is going to come first. Uh, yeah, well, I know you you went to see Brian Setzer the other night too on Sunday night. Yeah, that's yeah a little, little bit less uh, crowded. It was down at Fox Theater in Oakland. Had a great time. Oh, that's a great uh, place yeah. to see a show. You know, it's, it's it's funny. It was a it's a fantastic show. The guy's probably sixty five years old and did a great hour and a half. I was hoping for some of the Christmas songs. I love the Christmas album, but it's what February. The fuck those, yeah, come, what are you talking about? That shit ain't gonna happen. I I know. I was still hoping for like a Christmas song. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I like the Christmas album. One can hope, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I get, I mean, I might, but yeah, I hope for a good show and I had a great time. So that's the important a, thing. 
He does really do a good a good uh, Christmas thing. We yeah. we learned one of his. We played a Christmas party at Shadow Puppet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, well, or just a gig around Christmas time. But yeah, we learned one of those. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, opened the the can. You know, and the sheet needs to be updated because it's like a uh, bottle inspection, appropriate size cap, fill level. Da, da, da. Can't see the fill level, but <laughs> I had an it, NA there. Not that it mattered. Yeah, with a can, you just put okay. It's a can, um, and yeah, uh, aroma wise, like Brian, I got a, a fairly sharp hop uh, burst right up front with uh, you know what I got was uh, medium citrusy, a light tropical, and a light apricot in there. Pretty nice mix of hops overall, right up front, and um, no uh, one thing. I, one thing I look for in hazies is uh, a little sulfur can can ruin them, and that can come up pretty easy um in making hazies um but yeah it, i didn't get any sulfur in this one which was nice there was something just slightly interrupting the hop to me there and i i felt like i'm gonna smell both of these because i poured a little bit of each one sometimes when it's it's hard to get diacetyl in a hop beers but when hop beers have a little diacetyl in them it plays a certain way and it kind of dulls the hops and it doesn't come across as overt butter but it kind of it's a weird little edge and it detracts from the hops a little bit um so it's honestly if, the, if it's there it's a very light diacetyl but um you know medium free esters uh no dms or acetaldehyde detectable in there um uh, and the malt is kind of just subdued out of the way you know bready quality uh, uh malt and i felt like well and sometimes the visual cues will also um Give me hints about things, and that is, it looks a little dark when I get into the appearance for the style, and I'm wondering if it was lighter before. And sometimes these, you know, when you put them in the, in the container and ship them long distances, they'll darken as they go. And um, it might be that this beer in the in the keg or whatever container it's in to start with, if it wasn't all canned, is was, was much lighter than this. Uh, but as oxidation takes, you know, starts to creep in. On a hazy IPA, it turns them darker, and you get slightly dulled um, hop. There's a ton of hop in here, and and what's there is really nice, but something's starting to take away from it. It seems like so. I I I feel like it's possibly a little oxidation. Um, so yeah, again, it, it's a medium kind of golden amber color. I'm trying to open the second can to see if there was a little package variation. It almost seems like the second one is a little a little brighter, and it does almost play a little differently. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a medium golden amber color with aggressive white head of uh white bubbles lacing on the glass, striated around the edges and just wild. Um, the haze in the beer is moderately high, but you can see through the corners a bit, it's not completely opaque. Uh, so yeah, just just a bit dark core style. I, I knocked it down to a two out of three, of course, that's 66 67 percent, but yeah, like I guess you can get into decimals. I was judging up competition last weekend and someone was like oh, i can do a 2.5 for this one that's not not really that bad appearance wise but I, I don't want to take off a whole point and you can do that as long as you come to a some kind of an integer at the bottom um flavor wise the beer is it has a medium low bitterness which is nice you know and out of the way you don't want it too high it's, it's definitely not uh not attacking too much at all there with a moderate hop flavor again with the citrusy Kind of medium and a light apricot like element below that. Um, 
Seems like a fairly clean L ferment. I'm not getting any overt butter here at the acetal element. We can, um, in, in here, I feel like it's just a little, I don't get cardboard either. Um, at most, kind of a low honey like edge to the malt that is just kind of dulling um, the flavors a little bit. Um, the beer is semi dry. You can taste a little bit of sweetness, and these things don't need to be overly sweet, but you'd be surprised how high you can get on a finishing gravity on a on a hazy and still have it play right. It's gonna, you know, it can have pretty substantial body, pretty substantial residual gravity in it, and still uh work well as a hazy IPA, whereas American IPAs are mostly dry. If you get one that's above, you know, 1010, you're gonna be like, oh, that's sweet hop water. <laughs> you know, but uh yeah, so yeah, definitely balance the hop. Possibly some faint oxidation going on here. Uh, there's no hop burn in the beer, which is good. That's another thing I'll watch out for in hazies. And uh, yeah, um, no, it's it's pretty much where it needs to be in the flavor. Uh, I did give it a 12 out of 20 there. Just some of the some of the little the balance uh, issues for me, but medium bodied in the mouth feel as it should be. It could be medium to medium high. Uh, with a medium high carbonation, it's pretty perky. Um, the beer is somewhat creamy, but I think uh, with a little more body, it might be uh, smoother. But um, it's it's definitely not acidic or sharp. There's no uh, astringent quality to it all. It's um, you know it's smooth. I think just being the general dryness is keeping it from being quite as smooth as as hoped. But it still goes down, you know, pretty easy. Uh, nice smooth drinker. So three out of five for mouthfeel. Overall impression, it's a it's a real pleasant drinking hazy IPA. A lot of good hops in it, especially right up front when you like when Brian said when you first open it and you first smell it. It's like okay, there's a lot in there. It takes a lot to come out that that brightly too. You have to use a lot of dry hops uh, yeah. to get there, and I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, it has a good level and appropriate haze. Um, I would just like to see a little bit more body and see that oxidation and any light off characters that that might have been muddling it a little bit uh be it a little diacetyl or you know a little papery or honey like character from the malts oxidizing uh to get out of the way a little bit you know you can i mean there's a few tricks in hazies you probably know a lot of them uh but with all light malts being you know it's just light malts only you have to acidify your um uh, you know, your mash water pretty well and your sparge water to to get it, um, you know, to fit, finish at an appropriate pH. Um, if you go too crazy with that, it's going to be too acidic. This one doesn't seem too acidic. It seems like it could probably use a little more acidification, if anything. Okay. Would you end up giving it, Brian? Sorry. Oh, I landed at a, uh, well, I'm still on the overall impression, but oh. yeah, I landed at, at a 31. I ended up giving a 7 out of 10 for... Um, overall impression okay and a, a real good insurance policy against any diacetyl which especially can come from hop creep as you're adding hops and you're you're you know the the um carbohydrates in the hops will start to re-ferment and add diacetyl as is added early in fermentations and that can just stick in the beer and you taste something right out of the fermenter it's great you dry hop it oh crap all of a sudden it's got a little diacetyl it's a great insurance policy. Just add a little drop of this ALDC enzyme to the beer. There's literally no downside. It's kind of expensive, but on a homebrew level, we can afford it. Um, I mean, the bottle's expensive, but you use hardly any per badge. So it's 
you know, per batch, it's not that expensive. Sure. And just be really careful in your cannings and transfers. Just very, very, very careful to avoid any oxygen pickup. And there's a lot of tricks for that that we could also talk about. I don't think it's overly oxidized. And these are all, I'm, I feel like I sound like I'm picking it apart and trashing it, but they're really fine points. This is a very good beer in the, you know, we both scored it within the 30 to 37 point range. Uh, and I think that's that's fair. It's very drinkable. You could give this to your friend uh, and and enjoy a, a great good amount of it. But you could really dial this in and get it up to higher 30s, 40 points, working on it a little bit more. And maybe it tastes more like the higher 30s, you know, where where it is, uh, where you're drinking it there. If you have you're not drinking it with us. What's going on? No, I am. <laughs> oh, you oh, are. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> Uh, out of your keg so okay well, i would say good. too um with that apricot thing you know it's it could be from biotransformation uh during the the um active ferment hops and if you use a little less of those and then push more of your hops toward the later dry hop instead over like the whirlpool and active fermentation some of the stone fruit might get a little out of the way not that it was unpleasant but if you want more of that tropical bright citrusy well, let's see what he had. We don't even know what he did, right? We don't know. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. But uh, yeah, that's that's okay. about all I had to say about that one. And thanks cool. for sharing it. Uh, my my real thought, uh, real quick thoughts that don't really uh, matter. And then we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back. And we're going to listen to Andrew talk. So, Andrew, you got to wait for a little bit longer for more rambling. Um, but at least mine doesn't make any sense and you can disregard it. But, uh, you know, I, I did the, the flavor I thought was pretty good uh, for Hazy IPA. It's not like overly chalky or overly weird. Um, sometimes these beers can be too, uh, too dry hopped and too hop forward and too much flavor. And it just, it's that weird creaminess that I don't really like. It's uncomfortable for me. It's like pulling apart a cotton ball where it's just uncomfortable. I don't like it. Uh, but this was really good. I thought it felt a little thin. Um, I thought it almost had a little, like a cidery thing. I feel like it was, uh, it could have had a little more malt character to it. Um, unless you're going for a, a, a lower version, but it didn't taste like it had lower alcohol. It tasted kind of on the hot side, and I wonder, uh, you know, if it had a little more malt in there, a little more body, if that would cover up some of that alcohol hop. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I would probably give it like a 32 or 35, something like that. Um, I think it's a good flavor. It's easy to drink, which, if for me, that's all I care about with these beers. Or it's like, you know, I've had so many of them over the years where, like, I, I would never finish this beer. I would never. And so from then on, that's like the benchmark of if, if for me, if this beer was, is, is well made is if I could actually drink it and I could actually, do, I would actually be able to drink it? this for the so finish it. Dude, it's like, I couldn't, I can't, I can't, I'd be like, you know, on the session, we'd take a break and I'd look at Warren and be like, I can't, would you fucking drink this? And he goes, no, absolutely not. I can't do it. So mm-hmm. there's that. I like, I, I appreciate the, the small beer factor, I guess, maybe then, unless that's what you weren't going for, but uh, it just, it's a little more approachable and, and I appreciate it. But anyway, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. We're going to get the recipe from Andrew and uh, see if Brian Cooper was right about all of his assertions. So hang on when it's Dr. Homebrew. <laughs> we'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than GrogTag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. 
They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. GrogTag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. Grogtags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com, and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Dr. Homebrew, please report to the ER for code blue. Dr. Homebrew to the ER, please. And your tea time has been moved to 2.30. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. Andrew. What's up, man? You ready for some, uh, re- going? some recipe uh, sharing? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. It. All right. So um, I sent you guys this basically because I also wanted to see how Hazy's new... IPA would travel and ship around because, you know, oxidation is the one. So I actually canned one for myself, cracked it open before the show. And immediately I, I saw that it was oxidized as opposed to coming off the tap. So, um, you guys are right on that touching on the, uh, slight oxidation. Um, but it's a weird, it is slight. Weird I, I don't want you to, I don't want you to shit on yourself here because it's slight. I mean, yeah. Cooper's laugh. I, there's, you, there's I've so, had beers so that are like literally you're chewing a hunk of cardboard in a box. You something got shipped to you from Amazon, and that's th- this is this is beer is cardboardy. It's cardboardy at like a one or two out of ten. This is yeah. not like it, it's not horrible. Yeah, I almost get like a apple cider, like fresh yeah. Yeah. apple cider as opposed to cardboard. Yeah, yeah, definitely cidery. Yeah, but you know, again. Not unpleasant, just unwanted. Yeah. Unwanted. <laughs> Unlove. Ed. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> what a great movie. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll break down the recipe for you guys. You guys yeah. can kind of see where I went there. Um, this finished uh, 6.7%, so not too crazy, but kind of in that mid-range for IPA. Cool. Um, 45% floor malted uh, Weyermann Pilsner, uh, 26% Golden Promise, uh, 14% flaked oats, uh, about 10% white wheat malt, uh, 3% just corn sugar dextrose, and then uh, about a 1% honey malt. I had to throw that in for Shar. Um I know he always picks that out. So uh, I, I love I thought, honey malt so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, one one percent of anything is hard to uh, hard to tell. Frankly, I would take out the one percent honey malt and that three percent corn sugar because those concentrations yeah. they're just more of a pain in the ass than they are a flavor contributor. Yeah, I agree. Thank, thank I, you for I, thinking of me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the honey malt's doing anything, and the and the corn sugar. I was just like, oh, let's let's throw some in, maybe bump up the ABV, but. It, they came out higher than I was expecting anyway. So, and then on the, the bittering edition, I, I like my, my hazies a little bit more bitter. I, so I do a slight charge, um, just a 30 minute boil, a half an ounce of Magnum to get about 18 IBU and then, um, cool it down, do a 30 minute hop stand at 170 degrees, mm-hmm. uh, two ounces of Citra, two ounces of mosaic. And that's it for the hot side. Interesting. Um, and and you'll get bitterness out of that, which is good. And that's one thing I didn't write on my score sheet. I love that you had a firm bitterness. It wasn't 
it wasn't excessive. It wasn't West Coast IPA. But if these beers don't have that bitterness backbone, in my opinion, they get flabby and they're overly sweet and hard to, like Jason was saying, it. they're hard to finish. They're not pleasant. They got to have some bitterness, even though it might be a, a third or a fourth of a West Coast IPA. Yeah, I've, I've found I've kind of, as soon as I kind of put a little bit more of that bitterness in there, I was like, oh, this is the, this is what I'm been after. The, kind of the style and the commercial examples I like, I think are a little yeah. bit more bitter than just like mixing the whole thing. So exactly. So then I fermented pretty cool I, for, I don't know, ales maybe, but um, 66 degrees um, with Lollaman's verdant yeast, uh, just a dry yeast being out here in Nantucket. I'm searching for a nice dry yeast that's going to be predictable and consistent as opposed to waiting for a week or a week and a half for a liquid pitch that who knows what it's going to do in the middle of summer. So um, fermented that at 66, uh, bumped it up a couple degrees for diacetyl at rest. I think I bumped it up to 70. And then um, I kind of been toying around with my dry hopping schedule. So after fermentation was done and after the diacetyl rest, I did a soft crash down to about 58 degrees. And then that's when I dry hopped. I did four ounces mosaic, four ounces citra, and about two ounces amarillo. And then when I threw those in, then I crashed it down to about 37 degrees. So, um, and I try to only keep it on the hops for about two days. Um, and then I'll, this one I, I threw in loose. So then I had a heck of a time kegging this i had so many clogs but i oh my tried God, to pull I can't the, even imagine <laughs> what was your pull batch the size true, a five or ten gallon uh five gallon yeah. wow that's how i got a lot about of hops for dry hopping yeah i ended up with about three three and a half gallons of beer so it was a little disheartening but um yeah, off that's... the off the keg it tasted amazing so um and then yeah i, I just do a cooler um dry hop edition kind of taking some notes from scott janish's book and um i don't know just toying around with it and then also uh cooper mentioned the uh the uh, diacetyl i've had a couple bad experiences dry hopping and then hop creep and then you just ruin your whole batch of beer just with that hop creep Mm -hmm. tastes okay and then it's like butterscotch it's (laughs) like half half my batches have almost been tossers just because of dry hopping kind of gets away from you so I'm, i'm trying to do a little bit shorter, a little bit cooler and see how that goes. And this one came out pretty good, but yeah, that's kind of it for, for the recipe. Um, and then the water chemistry, I've been kind of dialing in. I've started with RO. I don't plan on living in Nantucket forever. So I kind of wanted to create (laughs) from a clean slate, you know, so I can take these recipes with me wherever I end up. So, um, kind of try to shoot for, 150 ppm of uh, chloride, 75 sulfate, and this one came out 100 uh, calcium. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's good. Yeah, your your calcium's not a. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It's not chalky or anything. Uh, and yeah, two to one chloride sulfate ratio is yeah. good. Um, I was going to go back and ask when you when you do that, um, the cool, you know, the soft crash and you is it um, sealed or like, do you have a way to keep oxygen from getting in as you cold crash it? 
What do you, how do you do so, that? So, yeah. So then when I soft crash it, I'll put about, I don't know, five or 10 PSI on it when I add the hops. So I'll, I'll open it up with little pr- positive pressure of CO2, mm-hmm. put the uh, hops in, put the lid on, and then put like five or 10 PSI on the, on the tank and then just kind of let it ride for a couple of days as I, as it goes down to 37. Yeah, that's good. You got, you can keep it controlled that way. A lot of people, yeah. when you cold crash and you just have an airlock, it just airs just going right in and it's uh, it can really mess up a beer like this. Yeah. You gotta be so yeah. careful. Are you really opposed the M- Sorry, yeah, to trying the ALDC enzyme just as an insurance policy against? Um, no, I, I, I try anything at this yeah. point, just cause that, that hop creep is just like, it's, it can, yeah, get out of hand pretty easy. Yeah. You can, um, you can get away with, you know, as many dry hop additions as you want with that and without getting the hop creep. I think it just yeah. reduces the, you know, the precursor to diacetyl, those vicinal diketones get reduced to a less, much less flavorful compound. There's no flavor to this stuff and you just add it. You can add it at at pitching and at dry hopping. Just mm. it's a little drop in your batch. It's, it's nothing. So, um, yeah, literally no downside. I like the stuff. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, they don't pay me anything. Yet. <laughs> it, it's a great idea, especially at a homebrew level where you're trying to dry hop, and all you want to do is. I, I didn't really get any diacetyl out of this myself, but I, I get that with hop creep, that can be an unpredictable thing, and you've spent all that time and money on a beer especially when with hops being expensive, not necessarily at a homebrew level, but they still can be, it's a lot of effort. And you don't want to have diacetyl come in at the last second. I, I really love the fact that you put Amarillo in for your dry hop. Amarillo is one of my favorite hops. It's, all, it's been one of my favorite hops for like 20 years. Yeah, same. It's, it's got such a great character. It's, it's not like the fancy new thing. It hasn't been for 20 years, but... It's it's got staying power and people use that for a reason and that flavor is is phenomenal and I, I think some of that comes through is some of that tropical citrusy you know orange juice yeah. a little bit of tropical fruit in there uh, and that was a great call I I would consider I, I would do that again if I were you I might even think about bumping it up. There you go. Because well, yeah. it's not something everyone does now. The citrus and mosaic are nice too, but yeah, this yeah, that yeah. that that Amarillo. It, it you know when I I can't you know Cascade used to be the king way back when and then Amarillo came out and it's a little like a little brighter a little limeier almost and and you know it's got a really nice um, character to it and um, this you know that's part of what's giving this East Coast IPA kind of a West Coast West Coast uh, twist in addition Agreed. to the mm. the slightly bigger uh, bitterness that you've given it which is fine it, it still plays fine as a as a hazy. It's not over the top, but it gives it a little edge. I can have them either way and and find balance in them. The softer hazies without this much bitterness are just fine too. Yeah. But um, this one plays like a West Coast leaning hazy IPA, which is sure. it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Andrew, if that's it, we're going to let you go. Uh, we kept you on for I don't know, about 15 minutes longer than usual. So I apologize about that. <laughs> You're an engaging guest, and your beer is worth talking a lot about. So that's um, what we like. We're on, and you gave us some honey. You want to do that on the next? Let's yeah. do it on the next one because we have uh, we have yeah. people in line. So uh, we'll let you get out of here, and then we'll see you on the next show. Sounds good. Think? All right, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate right. it. We're gonna take see a quick cool. break. We're gonna come right back with some more beer here on Doctor Homebrew. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S-Draft.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for hanging around, everybody. We have Chris on the show with an international amber lager. Chris, what's up, man? Welcome to Dr. Homebrew. Thanks, guys. Hell yeah, man. Uh, is this the win. first international amber lager you have done? Um, I think that's probably the case, yeah. I've never tried to um, clone Yingling before, but... Is that what this <laughs> is? I grew up... What's that? This is a Yingling clone. It's a Yingling clone, yeah. Oh, so man. I grew up in Jersey outside of uh, Philadelphia, and uh, you can't really get Yingling out here. So uh, it's not the best beer in the world, but um, I uh, took a, a stab at um, brewing it in the classic homebrew style. If you can't buy it locally, uh, try to brew it. So that was my inspiration for trying to brew this clone, and uh, I'm interested to see how close you guys think I got. Are you out here on the West Coast then? I am, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we've been out here since junior high. Yeah, I love a Yingling, man. I've had it exactly one time when uh, my wife and I went to Disney World and just drank that and rosé for like six days. And it was the greatest mm-hmm. thing in the entire universe. I love nice. it so much. I love Yingling so much. And mm-hmm. you sent a, a shit ton of it, uh, which I appreciated. Um, you know, I had one last night and I have another one in the fridge and it was just something good about it. I don't know what it is. Nice. I'm glad you liked it. No, I love cool. Yingling. It's great, man. It's great. Um, so this is a clone of yours. I didn't, I guess I didn't know Yingling was an international amber lager or did you change that? Did you brew this and maybe it came out a little different than you said, okay, well then what category would it fit into? Well, so based on my research, that's where it would fit, but I'm interested to hear what the, uh, 
No, it's a classic commercial example for for international yeah. amber amber lager. It's really? in the guidelines. Yeah, right. like I, I've had Yingling Lager Lager, <clears throat> it's a lot paler. Yeah, and I didn't care for it. I thought it wasn't that great. This is a lot better, and I understand I why people are excited about this beer. All right, I think it's I think it's pretty good, and I yeah. think it's kind of like um, you know um, uh, what am I trying to think of? Uh, Anchor Steam locally, you know? Yeah, like it yeah. Kind of remind me reminds yeah. me a little bit of Anchor Steam. Okay, interesting. Hopefully, it travels better than Anchor Steam does. Yeah. <laughs> and indoors longer. God, that beer yes, does not yeah. travel well at all, man. No. An hour outside of San Francisco, it's like, oh, that's that's <laughs> all right. That's more than a day that's, old. That's good. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's one of the major. Whether in Oakland or like San Mateo, no, don't don't drink Anchor Steam. But we, we, there's no choice now, I guess. So right, right. <laughs> it's true. Um. Okay, uh, who uh, Shar? I think it's your, it's your turn. Yeah. All right. So, um, what is your as you're here uh, in the West Coast? Uh, what are you, are you in a homebrew club, perhaps by chance? Uh, I'm not. Uh, there was a few guys that we started brewing together uh, a few years ago when I first got into the hobby. Um, the uh, the Yeasty Boys. So shout out to the Yeasty Boys. Uh, <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, just a kind of a garage operation. We started uh, doing extract brewing and. Uh, I was the only one that persisted and I got deep into the hobby and uh, everyone else fell off. I'm sure like a lot of us probably yeah. have had happen. Listen, all y'all, it's sabotage. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my, my beastie boys thing. As opposed to, you know, fighting for your right to party, which everyone, yeah, that's anyway. So uh, I like this Thanks, beer a sir. lot. Thank you for sharing this with us. Um, I, 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 I like this. Is that I've had Yingling. They make a different beer that's not an amber lager. That I, I don't think is anything special. This beer is really interesting, and I think you you came you you hit pretty much on the on the mark here. If if can you brew it was still a show, I would say you brewed it. So well, well done. Nice. So that's not hasn't been a show for like twenty years. But anyway, right. so aroma uh, you get low malt aroma, low caramel aroma. I get some nuttiness, mm. and maybe that's just part of that caramel. But I. I get a nutty character, but not overwhelming. It's not like a, a some sort of British style where that nuttiness can be just like, wow, that's too much. It's in the background. It's pleasant. No hop aroma, no diacetyl, no off aromas. Give it an 8 out of 12. Appearance uh, 3 out of 3. It's crystal clear. Uh, very low head, uh, not persistent. Uh, I looked that up in the, the style guidelines, and you know what? Low head, not persistent is straight down the middle for international amber lager. So that's something that I, I don't, I don't drink a lot of these or judge a lot of them, but that, those style guidelines are 70, 80 pages long. It's always nice to go back and learn a few things about styles that you maybe didn't remember. That's interesting. Uh, copper color. Yeah. Uh, never you say know, you didn't know it. You just maybe didn't remember it at the time. I forgot. Yeah. I, I forgot what the, uh, the head was for the style. The, the color is identical. If I poured these two, I, I poured these two, I, I have this background on my my Zoom. Otherwise, I'd hold these things up. But the color is literally identical between the two. And if there's a little bit of difference, it's between the glasses, the glass size. So well done on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah one, these guys. The, the Humber's a little hazier, but yeah, the color's there. I mean, you could you could. They're essentially they're for all practical purposes, they're identical. I mean, yeah, there is there. They're within the acceptable margin of error for things that are identical. I, I would I would claim. So well done. That's three out of three. 
Uh, flavor, initially the flavor is malty. I get a low caramel and a low nuttiness, uh, just like in the aroma, uh, which is really pleasant. Uh, low hop bitterness comes up to almost balanced mid-palate, but this is still a malt-focused beer. It's not malt-focused so much that it's sweet or cloying, which is really tough to do, and I, I applaud your you're getting to that point because that's it's malty, but it, it's not sweet. Uh, finish is moderately long and balanced toward malt. Uh, I get a little bit of a low earthy hop flavor in this. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I'll, I'll be curious later on what hops you use. It's well attenuated. There's no off flavors. As it warms, I get maybe a hint of diacetyl, but I also think that might just be the caramel part of the recipe. And I'm I'm not. I know I'm I'm moderately I'm right down the middle of that bell curve for diacetyl sensitivity. I I'm not blind to it. I'm not super sensitive to it. I there, there's sometimes you get a little bit of sweetness, and as a judge you think oh that's got maybe that's diacetyl maybe that's butterscotch. I I don't know. I'm not willing to go check that box on the left of the score sheet to say that's diacetyl. So I get 14 out of 20 for flavor, uh, mouthfeel four out of five. Uh, medium-low carbonation, a little bit lower than I might have liked, but it, it's weird. I gave it the 4 out of 5, but if I compare them head-to-head, as opposed to the style guidelines, the carbonation's about the same. So, And the Yingling Amber Lager is one of the commercial examples of this style. So maybe I'm going back and drinking a little bit of each one of these. So, And again, yours have been sitting out for two hours, and the carbonation's about gone. Yours is maybe a little bit less in carbonation. That's an easy fix. We always talk about packaging and carbonating being like it, it it's difficult but important for competition. And it's not the most fun thing. But overall, that's only a point. Four out of five for mouthfeel. Overall impression, eight out of ten. I give it a 37 out of 50, which is which is very good. Uh this is a smooth, easy drinking beer. It's interesting, it's quaffable. I could sit down with a six-pack of this. And and drink this in a day and Dude. and have a good time and be happy and not be smashed. I'm telling and enjoy you, the flavor. Yeah, Florida, twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah, in exactly. a twenty four hour pool. Yeah, the tall boy of this and um, a solo cup of rosé is just the best way to round out a <laughs> Disney World trip. I it just it's I, I totally best. believe you. Yeah, and that this is like this is, you're getting because we're getting with this. This is flavor, and it's not giant alcohol and it's pleasant but it's something you're having a day off or or a weekend you could enjoy it and not feel guilty about having a having a six pack of these uh a little bit more carbonation i think would make this a little closer to your target and that's yeah we talk about this all the time i won't belabor the point uh but i I think a little higher carbonation would take this over 40 so well done really appreciate you sharing this with us and I will shut up and drink the rest of this while uh, Coop talks about it. All right, Coop, you heard the man. Yeah. Okay. So at HomebrewCon two years ago in uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, uh, Keith Cox, who used to host this show with mm-hmm. me, and I went to a place called Tiki Lounge. And, and he used some, to be in my homebrew club yeah, with me. Yeah, back we, in the day. We had beers there. there were other places around. We went over by the college over there college area and um uh, i ordered some some yingling that uh in that area and uh trying to remember yeah i remember that the tiki bar we went a few different places had some fun but i had it there i it's it is again like 
if you live on the West Coast, you get, you know, anchor steam all the time. Uh, well, you used to. Uh, hopefully they come back. But, um, you know, on the East Coast, this is and this is even more omnipresent there. It's insane. So, uh, but yeah, like like JP said, it can be an enjoyable beer. And uh, they call it on the can the original amber beer. And, uh, you know, yeah, America's. What's wild to me is like, you know, you 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 see a can of Yingling the first time again. It was in Florida. And you sort of realize how much Anheuser-Busch ripped them off. Yeah. You know, you see the eagle and just the kind of the lettering, yeah, the whole crazy. vibe of the label and shit like that. You're like, oh, this is, okay. I, I sort of, <laughs> you sort of get that other side of, of the beer world. Um, and what I had was in a bottle, so it wasn't, the, uh, this from the can is actually quite pleasant. I'm really enjoying it. But before I drank this to remind me what it tastes like, which, you know, is... Uh, it's not something that stuck in my head because I had a few beers before that, but tonight I'm starting relatively uh, fresh. The the I mean, the Youngling Clone was the first beer that I tasted tonight, and I'm just having little bits of it here. Um, so yeah, it's a big bomber bottle. the The bottle had a pretty low fill; it was kind of filled just above the shoulder of the bottle. But you know, uh, I'm not getting any big oxidation in the flavor or aroma here, so that's fine. Nice hiss when I opened it. I would try to fill them a little higher for a competition, if uh, if possible. But uh, just a fine point. However, the beer tastes coming out is how I'll judge it. In the aroma, it's got a, a pleasant low grainy malt note with substantial toast at a medium high level. Uh, I found a slight nutty nuttiness as well, just like Brian noted. No DMS or diacetyl. Not finding any obvious esters. Uh, it seems like a cleanly fermented lager. In the hop department, it's really light. There's a you know a light floral hop. Uh, and if you hunt for it, you could find a, a light bit of spice, but it's not overt at all. Uh, Appearance-wise, the beer had a... I had to look again. I had to re-pour it to get to the head because it, uh, you know... I put whitish question mark because <laughs> uh, I just looked for the phone. There was nothing left. Uh, it formed a very small head and it faded super quickly. And then I, when I report a little bit, it again just pushed up some larger bubbles and faded to finer bubbles and then just dropped uh, before I you know, could even almost look at it again. But mostly finer bubbles as it, as it settled and then before it went away. But uh, head retention was poor. Like Brian said, that's allowable. But I'd like, even in a beer like this, a little bit more. And on the Yingling, it's it's sticking around a little better than the than the clone is. And I poured these at about at the same time, so that's fair. But yeah, still gave it three out of three for appearance. It's a rich golden amber color, fairly clear. Uh, looks right for the style. And yeah, you can forgive that head thing. Flavor wise, there's this uh, that welcome maltiness dominates uh, with a moderate toasty and bread crust like flavor. Hops and bitterness are medium low with a floral presentation, a uh, tiny hint of spiciness again, but no, I'm, yeah, I have any grasp for that. No, it's really, the hops are really out of the way. <laughs> um, clean lager ferment, no esters, again, a bready, rich malt that lingers into the aftertaste. It's a bit big on the malt, you know, department. I think maybe partially because the carbonation is a little bit lower. Uh, that it kind of lingers on your palate a little longer that way and just kind of sits. Uh, but it's really not detracting from the drinkability of the beer. Uh, it finishes semi-dry and, uh, yeah, kind of in the territory where it needs to be 15 out of 20 uh, for flavor. Mouthfeel-wise, 
It's medium bodied and smooth, no serious bite or any warmth. Uh, the beer is not astringent and it's almost a bit toward, toward creamy. These beers can play a little bit on the creamy side. They don't need to, but, um, you know, it shouldn't be a stark, sharp, bitingly dry beer with no creaminess or no smoothness to it. It should be a smooth drinking experience. Medium low to low carbonation uh, throughout. What, four out of five for mouthfeel? Even though maybe the carbonation was, yeah, one that I should have thought about pulling a little lower, but it's just, it's really smooth for what it is and very, very drinkable. Feels feel fine. Um, overall, it's a well crafted international amber lager. I would say it's a bit on the more flavorful and malty side for the style. You could bring up the, uh, the bitterness just a touch more and, and somewhat higher carbonation could help drive things a little more nicely here. Um, give it a, a touch of, you know, you don't want it to be crisp per se, but just give it a little, a little edge along with the beer. Uh, the malt sweetness would will, it doesn't necessarily get cloying without that, but it it that lends balance to the malt that's there. Um, it is uh, you know, quite enjoyable and very easy drinking as it is. Uh, obviously, you have a good recipe and fresh ingredients, uh, authentic ingredients. Um, I would say there's no need to reduce the malt, malt flavors here, even though that's all I'm mostly talking about malt and the nuttiness and the richness. No, don't don't reduce that. Just um, adjust the CO two mainly, and uh, yeah, work work on. Uh, well, you could you know it's it was fairly clear, but uh, adding a little more carbonation and and maybe if needed, if it doesn't bring you know leave a little bit of the head on there. Um, a protein rest or something to make sure you have some kind of medium to small chain proteins in there hanging out just for a little while. Um, and then just going to the yingling and comparing it to the yingling um, to the can, the homebrew, I think is just a bit richer, just a bit maltier seeming. And that might be because of the carbonation or because of the actual malt, but it seems just a touch nuttier to me. The homebrew is, a, it seems just a tiny, the tiniest touch darker, but not, not much. It's really right in the range. Like Brian said, Hops, I think, same. I believe the homebrew is a, a tiny bit less dry or dry seeming, maybe because the the bite from the carbonation in the in the Yingling can is is it just it yeah flourishes so in I your just mouth. Poured, I just poured these two one after yeah. the other homebrew okay. version and that can it poured second and it's still just oh. kind of right there. The okay. head is still. This well, is the, yeah, the head. All of a sudden, you're like blending your beers on the fly here. What's going <laughs> I'm on? Not blend? No, I didn't blend them. I poured them in the same. No. This is the homebrew one. This is the ying, this is the commercial one. Yeah, yeah. just talking about. When you head. put it in, in front of your dark shirt. It looks darker, but yeah, I think that's. No, just yeah, I'm the, just talking about the head right now, boys. The head okay. only, right? Yeah, you should pour them together. Well, that's Cooper's thing to so, pour them together now. Right? Yeah, yeah. But definitely uh, the to the your homebrew point about, about the the carbonation could be a little bit a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, Cooper. I think that would really that would really make it pop a bit more. Yeah. The homebrew had less long lasting and, and moderately less carbonation and prickle to it. That prickle kind of lets the toast kind of play in a certain way and maybe keeps it from being so nutty and, and kind of not, not flabby or dull, but just kind of, you know, it's a little perkier with the carbonation in there, but both, both of them are very flavorful and I can imagine what that would taste like with a little more carbonation. That's the main thing you probably want to look at. Honestly, it's right there. So very well done, nicely, nicely done. I gave the, uh, I gave the beer a uh, thirty nine. The homebrew, just a little more carbonation would bring it up to forty two for me. 
Very good. Yeah. Look, I, I like all these points. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of these kind of styles of beers. And um, to be honest with you, when I had the, the can last night, I, I didn't pour it in a glass. I drank it out of the can. I sort of forgot how dark it is. Mm-hmm. I know. I actually, I don't even know if I've ever got it in a glass. Maybe I have somewhere when I, that's from homebrew con back east somewhere. But uh, for the most part, it's like wow, it's pretty neat. It's not like you go to a bar on the east coast and they like delicately pour it in the yeah, can. Like, for this. Like, here, but yeah. uh, in a glass, they just hand you the can or the bottle. Okay, here's your Yingling. Go on, drink it. But I, I do really enjoy it. I think that the commercial example has a little bit of um, like a tiny bit of like that fruity, maybe like a little green apple skin kind of thing. Mm. I don't know what that is um, where the homebrew version, Chris's version does not have that. I think Cooper and Char both touched on it. It is a little more nuttier. It's a little more flavor forward, which I like. And if just, if that carbonation was up there, it would be, I mean, you know, look, you can see already the homebrew version is basically the head is gone and the, the yeah. angle is still there. So then it's going to be pretty much impossible on a home version to get, you know, a carbonation level <laughs> like this. But yeah. I, I prefer the clone, frankly. I prefer, I, I prefer, I prefer yours. The, the flavor. Just a little, a little bit. I think you're a little bit over. And that the carb, you get that carbonation, right? Man, that's, mm. that's a yingling killer. Don't, but don't kill it. Well, you, you mentioned <laughs> that the apple skin thing, some beers like, like rolling rock, for example, they leave, they intentionally leave a bit of acetaldehyde in the beer okay. to give it that like kind of green apple edge, like Dang. a crispness yeah. to it. Like a snap. I like. And, um, I like the 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 homebrew version, Chris. I, it's it's nuttier, um, and I do like that edge coming through it. I, I, I yeah. Anyway, it's great. I didn't say anything that nobody yeah. else has. Um, why don't you hit us with your recipe? Because we're sort Sweet. of running long in the tooth on this show for some reason. Yeah. So, all right. I'll try to uh, I'll try to rip through it then uh, for it. the sake of the show. <clears throat> so I brewed a seven and a half gallon batch. Um, I do. Um, two and a half gallons of bottles, and this was bottle condition, the ones that were sent to you guys. Um, and then I do a five gallon keg as well. Um, I brew on an anvil foundry. <clears throat> so nice. Um, I just filtered water, added some calcium chloride and some gypsum, some Camden, um, and then uh, threw in, I had uh, 10 pounds of um, Brees pale ale malt, uh, three pounds of Vienna, two pounds of flaked corn a pound and a half of C60. Um, and then I actually added some ultra firm to the, um, to the mash to kind of dry out the, try to dry out the mash a little bit. Um, I, I think it's I, interesting that you added two pounds of flaked corn. I did not get corn flavor in here. And yet I think that really improves the drinkability and the fermentability of this beer. I think so too. Um, I did a 60 minute mash um, at 152. Um, and then, uh, boiled for 60 minutes. I added, uh, two ounces of cascade, 5% at 60 and then one ounce of cascade. So all cascade at 30 minutes, uh, world, world flock tablet at 15, uh, two of them actually. And then I did, um, I think I didn't have enough of the lager yeast. So I did one package of German lager, the seller science one, and then one uh, package of Nova lager. Um, I ferment in a, uh, a spike CF 10, um, conical, uh, and then I dropped the glycol down to 50 and fermented it at 50. So, um, yeah, so I think it was interesting that you guys picked up, um, Char, I think you picked up on the, um, diacetyl, um, a little bit. I had a definite diacetyl problem with the, um, 
pegged version. I was, I tasted them next to each other and I was like, this is a diacetyl bomb at this point. So first time I ever did the krausening process. So I pulled it out of the keg, uh, the keyser. I had some lager yeast. I got a big healthy starter going. I let it come up to room temperature, pitch that in there um, and let it sit for a couple of days. And lo and behold, I put it back in the kegerator and re-carbonated it. And it's great now. So, that is perfect. Oh, I yeah, love that's, that. That's a great way to, and I, 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 I maybe got the tiniest bit Yeah. and whatever you did, I mean, I've had butter bombs and this, this is not a butter bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's great. It was, it was a really good learning experience for me. I'd never done that before. I've never tried to fix that particular off flavor. I've had it before and figured, Hey, that was either in the lot, my beer lines or whatever. Um, yeah. So I swapped out my beer lines and then I was like, no, this is not, I, I tried some directly off, like, you know, with a picnic tap and uh, I was like, this is not um, in the lines. Right. So uh, yeah, I was able to clean it up and I was super proud that I actually. Was Great job, man. You, you should so. be proud of yourself for that. You know, part of homebrewing, part of the, the fun of the hobby is figuring out how to fix things on the yeah. fly when things go wrong, because stuff goes wrong all the time, sure. whether it's on the hot side or the cold side or whatever. And, you know, you know kudos to you, man, for figuring out how to get 98% of that stuff out of that beer. Without having to sour it or distill yeah. it or something. Oh, for weird. sure. Like, yeah. like yeah. My, my methods of rescuing stuff. Weird homebrew you know. shit. Yeah. So uh, the only things I had on my notes are um, that I didn't have any cluster. So some of the uh, a lot of the recipes that I found um, for Yingling uh, are like um, Cascade and cluster. So next time I would probably try some cluster in there as well. And then maybe back off on the C60, I don't know, 10, 20 percent, something like that. Just back off a little bit on the C60 and then bump up the carbonation. I think it's pretty much there. The the, the, the hop, cascade the hop flavor and the bitterness I think are right on. Okay. The cascade surprised me though because I don't I don't pick up a citrus you know and it's yeah. it's so light the hops are pretty yeah, yeah. low but I think you said a half half an ounce or something at sixty minutes or how how is it coming out of the cake or oh yeah two ounces I mean that's a lot it's it's a lot that's yeah, yeah. yeah what's it taste like coming out of the keg. Uh, it tastes pretty similar to this now that it's cleaned up, actually. At yeah. first, I preferred the kegged version. Right. Uh, and then I really like, so I, I, was, I wasn't I was sure about how it was going to like hold up because I actually, I can't keep it all cold here. So, uh, you know, full disclosure, I store it warm and I'm like, I know, like, man, hopefully it's not all like, you know, cardboard and like you guys are going to thrash it for that. So uh, I'm glad it wasn't terrible. Uh, I think that, um, you know, obviously if, in a perfect world, I would be able to keep it all cold, but um, I'm impressed by how well like keg conditioning, you know, the, or um, can uh, bottle conditioning, the uh, yeast is able to like kind of keep some of those off flavors suppressed in the bottle. Definitely a defect scavenger for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, if you, if you're, if you can, you know, bottle off a few, and and uh, let them bottle condition and then keep them cold and enter it in a competition. You know, say bottle an appropriate number of twelve ounce bottles and yeah, I think you know, N- well. NHC registration is coming up. Get the carbonations well, up a little bit more. You know, why not? Yeah, and, and I, I guess my my thought on asking about the carbonation is if if you bump up the carbonation in the keg, because my my fear is you know I if you if you start mucking around with the malt, you're going to change the flavor. Mm-hmm. When I think it would be interesting to see what this beer tastes like just with more carbonation, because I think it's yeah. going to clean up some of that C60, but if you drop some of that, you're going to lose some of that 
sort of weird nuttiness that we all kind of kind of like. So I wonder if you in that keg, if you can crank the the CO two up a couple more pounds and see how that changes things. And then if it still doesn't, then because as it sits, there is there it is kind of there is a sweet you can taste the caramel. And, uh, and, and I, I would like that to be gone as well, but I wonder if that increased carbonation would, would, would be enough, but yeah. When you guys were talking time. on the earlier show about letting it sit for a couple hours, I was like, Oh no, if they let my beer sit for a couple hours, it's probably going to be a buttery mess. <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> well, I, I let your beer sit. I, I, that was me. And I did the, I let your beer sit for two hours out of the fridge on my kitchen cabinet. It's probably a solid 66 in my house. And I think it's fan- it's phenomenal even after sitting on the counter for two hours. So well Thanks. done. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. Um, okay, do we have any other questions, or does Ant- or does Chris have any questions for us? Because if not, we're going to let him go, and we're going to end the show. Nope, I think I got uh, my notes, and thank you guys for judging my beer. This is cool to finally <laughs> be on your show, so thank you. Awesome, yeah, for sure. Well, Thanks, you're gonna be on the I next appreciate one, your right? sharing. Thanks. You're going to be on the next show with uh, Andrew here. Yeah. Hang out. All right. Well, yeah, just hang out. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Hang up in the dial right back? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) And if you guys want to send in beer and be on this show, like Chris and Andrew, of course, you can email Brian at the brewing network.com. And uh, you know how we always say, oh, we'll take anything because, you know, we just fucking say it. Well, these two guys have called us out on it. So we have a hop water and a kombucha to drink and honey to taste. Honey. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the Whole Foods show coming up next. (laughs) uh, yeah it's gonna be great and uh, we're all gonna get in our teslas and we're gonna drive around i'll put on autopilot and talk about the kombucha and eat honey and i think it's gonna be great we're gonna be so drunk and we're gonna be (laughs) autopiloting all around like the diablo valley it's gonna be fucking awesome yeah it's gonna be great man uh anyway so check that out brian at thebrewingnetwork.com email that dude and um you know get on the show have a good time with us all right everyone thanks for tuning in and uh, until next time we will see you later